Here's to your success in property, finance and money management. You're listening to The Long Property Show with your hosts, Daniel Gold and Patrick Lynch. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Long Property Show. I'm Dan Gold. Today we've got Grant Samuel, partner at Kay and Burton in the studio. So g'day Grant, welcome. Hey Dan, thanks for having me mate. And uh, I'm pleased because my co-host Patty is buried in file work at the moment for our mortgage business, so uh, I'm hosting solo. <laughs> I miss Patty. <laughs> Patty. Patty's good, but uh, anyway, uh, hopefully the listeners still get a lot of value. I'm sure they will out of this recording. Grant, for, for the listeners that don't know much about you, can you give them a 30-second a, a overview, please? Sure. Um, so... Uh work out of the, the Kane Burton uh, or South Yarra office. We have, we have offices in uh, South Yarra and in, in Armidale. That's been the Stonington businesses and, uh, and other offices around, around Melbourne and, and Victoria. Um, I've been with Kane Burton for seven or eight years. Um, that was my intro into, into the, the real estate business, uh, having my own, own businesses prior to that and working more in the marketing media space. Um, but yeah, work predominantly in, in that Stonington area. We do a little bit around Caulfield. Got some stuff in Brighton, but yeah, Stonington is our core market. So that would be high, higher end Melbourne properties. Yeah, the companies. Yeah, yeah, traditionally done that sort of higher end space, whether it be you know the the Turak, South Yarra, Malvern, Armidale, you know, Paran, that that sort of sort of cool. Space. Well, Grant, it's it's uh, it's close to home. Obviously, we're in Turak Village. A lot of our clients are in you know similar suburbs to what you've just mentioned. So, a lot of our clients are going to be really keen um, to get a bit of a market update from yourself in terms of what's happening on the ground. You're at the coal face, so we've got a couple of questions, and if you like, we'll we'll just get straight into it. I look forward to it. So, so what's happening, Grant? I mean, fair to say that we're we're very much in a in a seller's market at the moment. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I think definitely in terms of the housing market, um, you know, I don't think we've seen something quite so strong for, for, for a period of time now. The housing market, um, and that, that's versus, I guess, the apartment market, which isn't as strong. Um, but, yeah, it just seems to be a probably a, a lack of stock um, and just so many buyers out there, um, whether or not it's because they've, you know, there's been a year where it's, we've obviously had the interruption with, uh, with COVID, um, or whether it's just its, it's interest rates are just so low, um, and people are able to, as you'd know better than anyone, Dan, um, you know, able to borrow. You know, you know, you, can, you know, I guess in our market, you can borrow a million dollars, and it's costing you twenty-five thousand dollars a year thereabouts to service. Um, so you know, we're, we're we're getting to you know first opens, and you'll have you know anywhere between thirty and, and sixty groups attend your first open, um, which is just amazing. In, in a way, that also scares a lot of buyers off that go, well, you know, there's just so much interest in this. Um, and which it never comes to it always comes down to, you know, a few when you get to auction day or at the close of the EOI. But um it's certainly um from a housing market perspective, um, it is very strong with limited stock. That said the apartment market, you know, is lagging behind. Um, We've noticed during that COVID period and as we came out, and it's improving a bit, um, but we're certainly not seeing the same strength in the apartment market um, as what we are in the housing market, which is interesting for downsizers that may be, you know, in a home looking to sell out of their home um, because you are, you know, maybe selling out of a very strong market in the housing market, um, but buying into the apartment market, which, you know, there seems to be a fair bit of choice around. So so the old adage... um 
you know, buy low, sell high could work for, for that, that demographic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, is there any data? I mean, there are obviously a lot of markets within markets. You, you, you already spoken about the housing market and the apartment market, yeah. and we're, we're talking about very specific suburbs in Melbourne. But is there any data that you look at or that you could point to just to give our listeners a feel for what kind of price movement there has been, uh, say, in the housing market? Yeah. Uh, you know, over the last three or six months? Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at, you know, some of, some of the data, right, and you look, you know, clearance rates is an, an interesting one. That's what um, a lot of people go to. And it's an interesting one, clearance, because it's, you know, a property sells only if, the vet, you know, you hit the vendor's um, asking price, I guess, um, and whether yeah. they're happy to release the mar- mar- uh, release it to the market. And that can always vary from, from vendor to vendor. But it is a common one that we follow. If you look at, you know, March this year, um, you know, clearance rate, was at 82.4%, um, and that's up from February across the month, which was 80.6%. Um, you look at the same time, you know, in 2020, um, the March, it was 61.1%, you know, from a, a lot less auctions as well. Um, the interesting thing about that March, and I talk about March because April has been more of a holiday period, so, so there weren't as many auctions through that period. The, the interesting stat is, um, that March of 82.4% is the highest monthly clearance rate rec- recorded since August 2001. Wow. So, you know, yeah, so, you know, that's over a very long period. So that just tells you the strength of the market at the moment. If you compare sort of, you know, this just past week that's gone by, um, you yeah, know, Melbourne clearance rate was at 80.1%, over 1,084 auctions. The same week last year, we're at thirty-four point eight percent from one hundred and fifty-seven auctions. Wow, wow! And I guess March last year would have just been the beginning of COVID, right? That's yes, where- March. Yeah, but that last that's that, that's from the last, just the past week that's gone by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fascinating. So, so it's pretty so, amazing results. So, um, so the, the the what you're talking about there, Grant, with the clearance rates is really an indication of that kind of supply demand dynamic right if there's less supply more demand you're you're typically going to get higher clearance rates and higher prices yeah um, I know it's hard uh, to to generalize but what what do you feel the market has um, increased but you know from a from a value standpoint uh, over similar periods or maybe just of, of late yeah of course so I think over, if you look over the last three years there was a period particularly um, you know, whether it was that's credit crunch that occurred towards the latter half of 2018, and we probably saw results um, come off, of, you know, significantly. Um, where we're sort of back to is probably three years ago, where results were sort of, um, sit, we're probably sitting a little bit above what they were at that really height of the market in 2017. Um, we're back to sort of those results and a little bit more. But, you know, we're not, you know, so that shows you what the strength of the market was back then. Um, where we've been over the last couple of years, results are significantly higher. So I think what we've become used to is the last two to three years where results haven't been so strong. Um, yeah. We're now starting to see really strong results compared to that period, but similar, a little bit stronger to where we were um, about three years ago. And, you, you know, you look at some of the Turac sales back then, you know, we were, you know, there are a number of results that you're achieving 
you know, between nine and 12,000 a square metre for some blocks of land in, in premium locations. We're starting to get up to seeing some of those results, um, but we're not quite seeing it there on a consistent basis. So, um, but we're certainly up over the last couple of years. And, and nine to 12K per square metre, that, that's land only? Correct. That's land and that's only in premium, in, in, in the real premium spots of Turak. Um, yeah. You know, we're seeing some spots of Armidale that are achieving, you know, significant increases in the in recent times, which has become a quite a sought-after area where there's been some really big results on market and as well as off market. I guess, you know, for, for those that haven't been following the market for as long, um, you know, they may be unaware that that um, you know, like you mentioned, what one of the one of the factors that slowed the market at the end of that last boom in 2017 was the regulator, APRA, that stepped in and tried to reduce the amount of um, investment lending, reduce the amount of interest-only lending. And I, I think that will be something to watch over the next 6, 9, 12 months, whether there is any regulatory intervention into this hot market to possibly cool it again. Yeah, there's certainly been some calls for that. Um, you know, we suspect that it may not happen, but you, you just don't know. And, you know, you, the people that sort of got caught out were those ones that, you know, purchased in 2018, in that sort of first half that hadn't sold um, and they purchased into a strong market and then and then then had to sell and you know we'd get to auction day and you know the week leading up you'd have three people that had interest in a property um, and then you'd get to that sort of Friday Saturday and you'd have people just say, look I can't get finance it was just really really hard um, so that was a really hard period that sort of the back end of 2018 obviously you know we all know what's happening at the moment i think we've seen some of the best economists you know in the country haven't been able to work out what's what's you know some of the predictions that have been made and you know have got it quite wrong so i don't think anyone knows what's going to happen over the next six months um we all wish we had a crystal ball but it, it is difficult but i guess on the ground what we are seeing is just particularly you know in that sub three market, sub $3 million market is just huge interest. And I think going up to that next level, the $10 million market, again, there's strong, strong buying at that level. I was going to ask you specifically, yeah, which pockets of these suburbs do seem to be, you know, trading best? And yes. so just to clarify, you're talking about what, like the 2 to $3 million Band for houses and then ten plus is that what you just said? Yeah, no. Look, I think I think all all, all, are, all are selling well. I think don't there's any area that's not in the housing market. But that sub three million, there's just you know you, you could be turning up to an auction with five plus bidders that are interested in that property. Um, you know, getting to that you know three to ten, there's always going to be a, a thinning out of the amount of buyers that that, that have you know interest or, or are able to perform at those sort of levels. Um, but, you know, I think we're seeing an increase across the board at all levels. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's down to a range of, you know, obviously finance is one factor, but just the way people's lives are changed and what they're looking for and the amount of time they're spending at home and, and, and whatnot. So, um, okay, cool. Well, I, I actually wanted to touch on that. Maybe we'll come back to that in a second in terms of the, the trends that you're seeing possibly as a result of COVID, um, yeah. you know, which dictate what people specifically are looking for in housing at the moment. But just before we get there, I'm curious, Grant, you know, you, as a sales agent, you're talking to vendors day in and day out. There's been a lot of commentary recently about rising vendor expectations, yeah. um, you know, in this stronger market. So how are you seeing this dynamic play out specifically in, in the, the patch that you focus on? Yeah, sure. So you sort of had that first 
three months this year where, where vendors were, were somewhat committed to selling um, and, it was, and, and they weren't aware of what the market was going, going to do. They were, you know, they, they bought, they, they, for whatever reason, they were, they were ready to sell. Um, and it wasn't based on that the market was performing where it was. Um, as their campaigns occurred, they'd see a result from, you know, week to week and go, gee, you know, maybe it's time that I, um, you know, maybe my expectations are higher than, than, than what the comparable sales suggested it should have been, you know, uh, around that November, December period last year. Um, and you could see that expectations were increasing, but um, certainly given the strength of the market, um, we were reaching those increased expectations. Um, what will be interesting over the next, I guess, few months um, is there's probably more vendors, you know, deciding to sell based on the current market as opposed to um, needing, you know, or, or that correct time in their life. You know, I was in, you know, meeting with a vendor last night who said, you know, we planned on selling probably two to three years down the track um, and downsizing. It was a family home with kids moving out. Um, but given what the market's doing at the moment, we're feeling that now might be the, the right time to do it. Um, and, 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 you know, we, we have many people that say, gee, you know, the mar- you know, it's a great time for you guys. You know, the market's, you know, doing so well. Everything's relative. So um, whilst the market's doing well, um, you know, vendors' expectations will will be increasing, and as they should be, um, you know, given what the market's, market's doing. Um, and from week to week, you know, within your area, you know, there's we're seeing some huge results, and and, and that only has an impact on on vendors' expectations um, that will increase. And, and so, um, how do you how do you how how does that just out of curiosity, how does that conversation go? Because you know we're in such a rapidly changing market. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's quite difficult to look at comparable sales. You know, of of you know, three, six months ago to really de- form a, a view on what you might fetch for a property in, in today in, in the current market. So, you know, how do you how do you manage that? Yeah, so you, you've got to look at, um, you know, comparable sales across the board and you might look at what's occurred in the last 12 months. You might look at what's occurred even three years ago when the market was really strong. Um, and you present those, you know, it's always best, obviously, when you have a trust w- with the vendor um, and, and, and you present all those sales and you look at a conservative um, range of where the property should sell. Um, and then, you, you know, the upside will always take care of itself. But, you know, we can never promise it. But I think if you go in with your eyes wide open about where we should be circling in terms of the number that we'd be looking to achieve um, and then what, what could occur. And there's, you know, plenty of examples over the last couple of months where, results have been just well above any comparable sale that we've seen in, in recent times. Um, but I think if you go in with your eyes wide open, knowing that, you know, it, it is a roll of the dice for vendors that are trying to capitalise on this market, um, you know, you're entering to a, into a partnership, into a process that, that they can trust. Makes sense. So in terms of those trends that we just touched on briefly that, that may have come about as a result of COVID, would it be fair to say that a lot of them, um, you know, rely on land and space and having more room in your home for things like possibly an exercise area or a study, you know, to take on the Zoom call, to work from home more comfortably? Are they the kind of conversations you're having with buyers and sellers? Yeah, absolutely. So we're seeing um, both. We're seeing a combination of 
you know, young families wanting larger, larger spaces, wanting that, you know, we saw one recently, you know, where, where people wanted the, the double study, you know, his and hers study, um, you know, and that was a property was sold in, you know, Miami Street in Armadale. Um, the double, you know, the double study was, was important. At the same time, you know, seeing a lot of people that are moving down the coast um, and either just happy to live down the coast, commute back to Melbourne, not have a... Um, you know, and either not have something in Melbourne or, or just have something, you know, a small apartment that they can come down to occasionally. So, re, you know, reallocating that, you know, financial asset down down the coast um, and lifestyle um, is certainly something that we're probably seeing more and more. And, you know, it's a bit like the trend of, you know, seeing people move to Queensland um, and, 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 and less dramatic is that down to the coast, to Portsea, Sorrento. And I, I think those guys, our offices down there, have, have never seen a stronger market. They are. Just... I, know, I know Cam Burton's got a pretty strong presence down there. We've, yeah. we've noticed on on a lot of recent transactions. That that all makes sense. Yeah. Um. So so Grant, just to kind of tie it all together, one question I wanted to ask, which which is actually a question that I I kind of uh, get asked quite a bit from clients of mine. Not that I'm really providing advice in this area, but they really just inform me as to their kind of strategies as buyers. Yeah. Um, a lot of them now are talking about uh, trying to put forward pre-auction offers. Yep. Um, they're concerned about a, a, an auction getting out of hand and being faced with you know multiple bidders and it, it all getting very heated. Um, so... What are your thoughts on that kind of strategy? I, I know you're typically representing vendors, but um, you know how do you take on um, offers prior to auction? And have you seen any um, success with that strategy in the last month or so? Yeah, absolutely. And you see, you know, even the one I had on the weekend in Glen Iris, um, you know, it wasn't a pre-auction offer, but it was a, a buyer who said, you know, I would have paid, you know, I'll pay more under the auction. I paid more than I came in to pay, you know on auction day that I intended to, to, to go to. Um, you know, the sort of rule as an agent is the only time you'd sell prior to auction, and particularly in a market like this, um, is if you've got only one buyer on a property or you've got one buyer that's well ahead of the market. Okay? Mm-hmm. So in a market like this where you're generally seeing multiple buyers on a property, you're not necessarily encouraging a pre-auction offer um, that... You, unless it is something that is really going to stand out. Um, so we're, we're sort of, um, we'll, we'll certainly have people that will suggest it and talk about it. Um, and you'll get some people that will talk about it within the range. Um, and I think if it's in that sort of level, I think vendors will probably prefer their day in court whether, you know, on auction day, whether they'll, they'll receive that highest price. Um, but, you know, we had one last week where someone offered, significantly higher than what anyone else was going to pay. Um, whether or not it had gone to auction and, and, and they, you know, the market would have caught up to that, we, we'll, I guess we'll never know. Um, but I think if you're looking to offer something within the range or something at the top of the range, I think the vendors generally in this market are going to probably look to take, you know, take the property all the way to auction. If you're going to offer something, you know, that, that gives them something to think about, um, you know, and it might be, you know, ten percent above. That's certainly something that um, you know that vendors would need to need to think about. Um, and you know, at, at the end of the day, it can just create an auction before an auction. Um, and but whether or not all the buyers are ready for that, um, you know, they might go, "Gee, you know, that's you know, I was ready to go to auction on Saturday." 
Um, but, you know, now it's hit me. I, I wasn't quite ready. So it's always hard to say from that, that perspective. Um, and I guess the other thing is, you know, if you're offering it in that three-day window, if you've got an option before you know, on the Saturday, you know, offer it within, within that Wednesday, that means there's no calling off. So the last yeah. thing you want is, a, is an offer on a, on a Tuesday with the option on the Saturday because there is still that cooling off period that would make a vendor quite nervous about having to wait till Friday if they were to close down an option. Um, That's interesting. That's really interesting because a lot of people ask me, you know, do we do it when the, the, I mean, not that I ever, like I said, provide advice in this area, but I still get asked the questions, you know, Dan, would you recommend that I put in this offer as soon as it's hit the market yeah. or whether it's like an exploding offer the day prior to it going to auction on the Saturday, um, you know, a couple of key takeaways there. Number one is that, um, you know, if it uh, is within that three-day window, no calling off. And, um, you know, therefore that actually probably resonates with the vendor. But if it's uh, that awkward in-between part, they, they probably don't have enough time to, to um, you know, get it back on the market should, should anything fall over. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So in this market, to take something off the market, um, You'd suspect it would have to be a knockout offer um, to, to be able to, you know. And which, which have, you know, the obvious there, you know, it can't be conditioned on finance. It can't be conditioned on, you know, building and pest. I wouldn't have thought like all, all no, of that. Correct. Yeah. You know, I've had a few recently where, you know, they want to be conditional um, and you just can't take a conditional offer, you know, to close down an auction campaign. That's it. We had one, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago where, you know, someone came and, I think the range was in the high three. Someone came and dropped a, a contract into the office at 4.2, um, which was certainly on the market at those levels, rung around, and there were a number of other buyers. It ended up going nearly a million dollars over the range. Um, <laughs> it ended up being a, a pre, an auction, um, I think, on the Wednesday night prior to the Saturday. So it, was a, it ended up being an auction before an auction, um, but for different reasons, you know, um, you know the, the vendors were, were certainly happy to proceed down that path. Amazing. Grant, um, extremely thankful for your time. You know, I've got so many clients that, that play in this same pocket that, that you do a lot of your work. So maybe we'll, uh, we should start thinking about making this a bit more of a regular thing. No, no fantastic. Absolutely. As the market changes, you know, things will change all the time. So I'd love to. Thanks, Dan. Good on you, Grant. Have a good day. Talk soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Long Property Show. If you have any questions for Dan or Patty, you can email hi at longproperty.com.au and they'll respond within 24 hours. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and also leave us a review. This way we can continue bringing you the best weekly content possible. See you again next week. Bye for now.